0: And so, Father,
1: we thank you again this evening for this wonderful night that you've given us, Lord, to come into your house and, and to worship you and to be able to gather together in fellowship and to learn from you, Lord. We pray that your word would touch our heart in a very special way this evening, Father. I pray that you would open our eyes spiritually to the reality of your kingdom and what you want to say uh, to us individually tonight, Lord. You know our needs. You know where we're at. And we just pray, speak to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, overflow in this place. Guide us into all truth. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, amen. All right, so King Hezekiah, as you know, is on the throne, and he is a very, very good king who walked in the ways of King David. And so he's an honorable king, young king who just took the throne and has cleansed the temple in Jerusalem and really had the priests and the Levites repair the doors of the temple because his father was a wicked man. King Ahaz was terribly evil and he had closed the temple of God in Jerusalem, if you can imagine that, and uh, destroyed the doors and ended up uh, building altars all around the temple to demons, to pagan gods, and would go so far as to sacrifice one of his sons in the fires of Baal. So he was a tremendously wicked king, but yet here his son, King Hezekiah, this young man, uh, has a choice and he chooses to serve the Lord rather than to follow in the wicked ways of his father. And that's the beauty of Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that He gives every generation an opportunity to choose who they will serve. Too many people make excuses about their family and how they were raised, and, and, uh, you know, this parent was missing or that parent was missing, or they had a hard life or they had bad examples. And, you know, the thing about God is that He's the God of the fatherless. He came to save sinners in whom I am chief, like the apostle said, uh, concerning himself, the apostle Paul. uh, We all feel that way, like we're the chief of sinners. And yet that's what Christ came and died on the cross for, to save us, to cleanse us, to fix us, repair us, give us his spirit, and make us new uh, creations in him. Hezekiah, what an amazing story. He chose to serve the Lord. And he immediately got to work and he opened the temple, had them repair the doors, and had them clean out all of the rubbish, all of the trash that was there. And uh, then he had the priests and the and the Levites uh, sanctify themselves, sanctify the utensils, get things going again. And then he established the worship of the Lord again and so there's a sound of music in the temple for the first time in close to 30 years like it is a time of great rejoicing the leaders of of Judah are there and they're praising and they're worshiping the Lord and he's just set that up again for uh, God to be praised and uh, and for Judah to be restored and he would proclaim that Judah's Judah was in a mess at the time of his uh, father's reign Uh, they were a a mockery to the other nations Uh, judah was spiritually dead and and just like that the lord is uh, reviving judah and so we're right smack in the middle of it in verse 31 of chapter 29 it says then hezekiah answered and said now that you have consecrated yourselves to the lord come near Come near. I like that. Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. To consecrate yourself means to uh, ceremonially cleanse yourself before God in order to be used of God or to worship the Lord. The real definition of it, according to Webster's 1828, it says to make or declare to be sacred by certain ceremonies or rites, to appropriate to sacred uses, to set apart, dedicate, or devote to the service of the worship of God. And so the priests and the Levites had consecrated themselves. They had they had gone through a ceremonial process to cleanse themselves because they were ceremonially unclean. They were unable to draw near to the house of the Lord for various reasons. And you know, according to the law of Moses, there were so many things that can make a person unclean. Touching a carcass, uh, uh, you know, coming in contact with the Gentile, so on and so forth, Uh and so they had all of these things that made them unclean. But I believe that the greatest thing that made them unclean is that they were unable to sacrifice to the Lord all of those years. And so mostly all of them, if not all of them, were unclean, and they had to consecrate themselves. We as believers also have to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. And we have to do it fairly regularly. When we come to Christ and we give our lives to Jesus, he cleanses us of all our sins and gives us eternal life. But remember when he, just before he went to the cross, he took a servant's towel and got on his knees and began to wash the disciples' feet. We read about it in John 13, and you know that in that society, servants, Got low and and dirty and clean feet. Only servants, the lowest in that society, and then and so for them to see the Messiah do this was shocking to them. And Peter's response in John thirteen eight, he said to Jesus, "You shall never wash my feet." And Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash you, you have no part with me." And so Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you, because Judas was in their midst. But it's a beautiful picture. Jesus even told them, you don't understand what I do now, but you will later. You see our faith in the Lord and in his and the word that he preached saves us. You are saved because of the word that I have spoken he told them. We are cleansed. We're going to heaven one day. But our feet you know speaks of walking in this world, picking up the dust and the dirt of this world. And so though we're sanctified, though we're cleansed and 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 and, and always saved, right? Always saved. We don't lose our salvation. And so in this world, though, we pick up all kinds of dirt and filth. It's everywhere. We can't help but to get some of it on us daily. From morning to evening, right? You understand, right? We see, we hear. It's all around us. So much perversion, so much madness in the world. Also our flesh, as if our flesh needs any help from the world, our flesh is trying to kill us, trying to pervert us. Our own flesh is trying to take over our minds. So so we're called to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh, the flesh, the world. And then the enemy. The enemy also throws fiery darts every single day. So we pick up all of this dirt. And so like the Levites and the priests That we're talking about in our story in scripture, who had become unclean, so we too become unclean, not unsaved, just unclean. Unclean so that you know and I know that we're lacking. We're lacking peace. We're lacking joy. We're lacking love. We're lacking enthusiasm. We're lacking zealousness. We're lacking all of these things, purity and all of these things. Why? Because we have become ceremonially unclean, so to say. And we need to come to Jesus so that he can wash us. And that's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. As Christians, we know this. We should consecrate ourselves before the Lord. It heals so, ma- so many of our, it heals all of our problems. It really does. The biggest problem is ourselves, our flesh. Right? Our lack, our inaction, our, our lack of faith, our lack of hope, our lack of love, our lack of, of spiritual strength. All of that is because we need to spend time with the Lord, allow Him to wash us. Just like a husband is to wash his wife with the water of the Word. The Word of God is, is such a cleaning agent. It's unbelievable. But when we come before the Lord, Um, As it says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every day, every day we must come to him and consecrate ourselves before the Lord. And then, you know, as the Spirit says, like Hezekiah says in our story, now that you're consecrated, come near. Come near. Come near where? Come to the house of the Lord. Bring your offerings. Bring your your sacrifices. Come near. And there's just such wisdom in those words because before we even come here, we should consecrate ourselves at home, on the drive, maybe in the parking lot. Now I can't go in yet. Let me spend a moment with the Lord. Let me grab my sword, my Bible, open it and read a couple verses you know I haven't been able to read much this today or meditate much let me just have a few moments with the Lord and just to come before Jesus and say forgive me and cleanse me of my sins for the day, of the day my thoughts my actions Lord give me strength by your spirit now and fill me as you cleanse me now fill me as you wash me now empower me by your spirit consecrated unto you Lord Ready. Then we come near with joy. We come near with a willingness to to serve Him, praise Him, do whatever. It all stems from that. That's my prayer for all of us that we would be a church that's like serious about our consecration of the kids who are here, the the, the youth that are here. You know, that's how I started in my Christian. Walk. I learned to get myself right with the Lord early in the morning, to wake up. There's nothing more important, guys, than the Word of God, praying, coming before Him, and just building your relationship of consecration, of of asking Him to cleanse you to for a reason, so that He can use you every day for His holy purposes. Amen? Yeah. And then, then people begin to show up with a whole different attitude to church. It really comes super stoked and excited about what God might say to them. And, spe- and and the Lord will definitely bless that when that takes place. And so it says, now that you have uh, consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. So the assembly brought in sacrifices and thank offerings, and as many as were of a willing heart Brought burnt offerings. And so, you know, he asked them to come, but he also told them to to come and bring um, their burnt offerings or their sacrifices and their thank offerings. That also stems from being consecrated, if you think about it. You know, for them, right? To go through the whole trouble of bringing a beloved animal or purchasing one there to sacrifice to the Lord, to, to just show their unity with God it took a lot of effort but it was an it was effort that they were they had no problem uh doing because they were consecrated because they had spent that time getting right before God and when we spend that time getting right before God it creates a gratitude and a joy that and we're able to see clearly the one who has had mercy on us right we're able to spend time with our savior he's forgiven us he's loved us his blood you think of the cross you think of all that he's done and you just become grateful and joyous that he's our high priest and by his blood we have access to the father by which we can ask for grace and mercy and anything we want because of the blood we have we can go in and out with the Father because of the blood of Jesus, because he's our high priest that sympathizes with us. And also we go in with the assurance of a clean conscience, which is priceless. Think about that, that no matter what wicked thought could have come through our minds or dumb thing we said or sin that we committed, that God is willing to forgive and to cleanse and to wash and to give us a new mind. You know, you're so happy that whatever he says, and then the Spirit would say, now bring a thank offering. And you think about us as Christians with our tithes and our offerings, and I say this to the young men that are here with us today as well, like that's something to start considering, to start practicing as you get jobs or, you know, uh, whatever you do for money, to consider giving, giving God back a tenth, because every dollar that he gives us, it comes from the Lord. And, and, and it's, and, and he would say to us, if, if you're consecrated, if you're set apart, then that ain't a problem. Bring in a tenth. Bring in a dollar for every ten. Not that he needs the money. Not that me, I as the pastor or churches need the money. It's, it's about God raising godly, godly people who trust in the Lord for their supplies. He doesn't want us to be in bondage over money. Money has such a grip on that world out there. And and he doesn't want us to be gripped by it, troubled by it, worried about it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Trust me, he says. Trust me. Right? And so bring sacrifices and thank offerings. In Matthew 10, verse 8, it says, freely you have received, freely give. Malachi 3.10, you know it. It's popular. Bring all the tithes into the storehouses that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this as the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God promises to take care of us. Promises. And again, it's, it's not that he needs money, but he does test our faith. Will we trust Him to take care of our needs? You know, it's a sin to test God, the Bible says. But this is the only place that God allows us to try Him, to test Him, is on this issue of giving back to the Lord what belongs to Him. Right? And He promises to to open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there, would not, there will not be enough room to receive it. They say that a promise is only as good as the person promising it. If someone who is not trustworthy promises us something, it's, it's right that we are, are skeptical of their promise. But if someone is trustworthy, then they make a promise to us, More than likely, we're going to believe that promise because it's connected to a person that's trustworthy. And here God promises to take care of all of us. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you that the same measure we use will be measured back. That's a promise. And so, as we consecrate ourselves before the Lord and worship him, what do we say but You've taken care of us for so long. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank you for the provisions. Thank you for our home, our jobs, everything that we have, our family, our children, everything that we have. It's because of you. I understand. I recognize. It's because of you. You can't leave that and not give that dollar for, you know, you know, know, tithes become like no big deal. Like you become really joyous to both come near to his house but also to give what is what is rightfully his. You know. And so um, he's trustworthy. Right? And a lot of us have tested that. Young young bucks in here tonight. A lot of us have tested that. And God is taking care of us. And he continues to take care of us. And it just gets better and better. All right. And so, and they were to. As many as were of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. And again, coming out of a consecrated state before God, you know, what are we saying? God, I'm willing to be used by you. I'm willing to do anything for you. I'm willing, I'm willing. And that should be our prayer, guys. Do me a favor. Let's make a pact tonight since there's only a few of us here this evening. Let's make a pact to pray all week long. Or what what is it? Wednesday. The rest of the week until Sunday that God would give everybody in our church a willing heart to do whatever God wants them to do. Just, Lord, give them a willingness. Help them spend that time with you that when they come away from that time, they'll say, Lord, I'll do anything for you. And so a whole bunch of them had willing hearts, as we read. They brought burnt offerings, verse 32. And the number of the burnt offerings which the assembly brought was 70 bulls 100 rams and 200 lambs, and all these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. The consecrated things were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. But the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore, their brethren, the Levites, helped them until the work was ended and until the other priests had sanctified themselves, for the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. Also the burnt offerings were in abundance with the fat of the peace offerings and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. And so they definitely came with willing hearts. They brought all kinds of animals to sacrifice, all kinds of them, so much so that that, you know, the priests weren't able to consecrate themselves fast enough to be able to rightfully be ceremonially clean in order to kill the animals. So the brethren, the Levites, who didn't do the killing are now doing the the skinning. They just got promoted for a little bit. Why? Because it says that they were more diligent in sanctifying themselves. They were more diligent in consecrating themselves. It's interesting to me about our God, our Lord, is that he really He's so loving and gracious, and he's a loving father. And he judges every one of us, his children, individually, doesn't he? Like like what you do, you'll be judged by what I do, I'll be judged by. Doesn't he? Doesn't just judge us all the same the works that we do? He 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 makes a distinction. I'm dealing with you know Rick now Ryan and Daniel and Mike and Sue and everybody else. He's just he deals with us individually. But the the thing that that should You know, open our eyes is the distinctions that he knows that there are some that are diligent in consecrating themselves. And then there's others that are taking their time. And he puts it in scripture. Can you believe that? It's like, oh, my gosh. But it's inspiring. It reminds us that, hey, you know, God sees. God is an equal opportunity God. He's watching, and he's lovingly watching, and he's proud of, of of all of us and how far we've come. And he blesses us. He's a good, loving father that encourages us. But he also says to us, "Okay, I'm watching. I'm watching. Okay, you know, okay. When are you gonna pick up that Bible? Okay. When when are you gonna come seek me in prayer? Oh, okay. Uh-huh." Okay, uh, day's running out and you haven't sought me. He's just a loving father that way. He notices, he makes a distinction. And then we realize, oh my goodness, this day was not as good as it could have been. It's not good because I, I really took my time in consecrating myself. I should have sought the Lord early, as the Solomon said. Seek him early while he can be found. Seek him early while the world is still quiet and peaceful. Be still and know that he is God. Consecrate yourself and see how he might promote you as a Levite. Man, I always wanted to skin an animal. Oh, I I get to do it today. You know what I mean? Because these guys are over here Mickey Mousing around here. Here we go. I, you know, I get an opportunity. So it's a good, you know, it inspires me. The King James says, says it even better. It doesn't use diligent. It says, for the Levites were more upright in heart to sanctify themselves. They were more upright in heart. Man, that hurts even more for the priests, right? For the Lord to record that in Scripture. They were more upright than you were. (laughs) Okay. Upright means honest, just.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at thirty thirty-five.